Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There we go. We're recording. Bad Batch, episode four of the current, I think it's 13 episodes. I'm going to say it's 13 episodes for the first season. What I'm kind of looking for, do you know what the thing is, is I find Bad Batch enjoyable, but don't you find it's kind of animation when we talk about the Mandalorian and we talk about WandaVision and then you do effectively a series which is like same episode length. But I don't know what it is. Do you find it sometimes harder to get into like the details of it? Yeah, I think I know what you mean in terms of sometimes it's a little bit um, slower. I think, you know, with animation, the pace is like overall slower and kind of, and the, the background details aren't as defined, so it doesn't move along at the same pace i think is live action uh, being able to like touch and be there with the characters feels much more immersive in a way but sometimes with the animation it feels a bit um lacking in a way but that's you know that's what you get with animation isn't it <laughs> especially with kids animation or you know animation intended for a younger audience um but yeah, i know what you mean i i, I kind of feel this because there was you know, this episode kind of does cover a lot, but sometimes it feels like it's almost, um, I don't know, like the saving stuff maybe for like future episodes, you know, with character development and things like that and, you know, uh, presenting scenarios and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, um, what did you think of in terms of what, what vibes did you get from this episode? Because I, I got certain vibes and I'm wondering if you got similar vibes. So what did you think when you saw this? Like, What kind of sparked off in what? your head? When you say vibes in terms of similarity. Similarity vibes, yeah, yeah. Vibes that we've seen before in the Star Wars sort of canon slash universe, you know. So, a couple of things. We've got where they land to start off with. It's almost like every... Every... <laughs> uh, is it a landing bay? I don't know. Every hanger. Landing bay. Hanger. hanger. Yeah. Like a every hangar landing bay or whatever is the same (laughs) on these different planets and it's always got like one person as the mechanic and some droids working it and you get the very big feels like a new hope and mandalorian it's almost like they're writing beats in and i think we've kind of said it before haven't we on similarities uh between shows but they're writing things in it's like well we've got to have a we've got to have a landing bay scene yeah. where they're going in to get their ship fixed yeah this, they need always, parts of their ship you know <laughs> there's always a ship fixing yeah. um, <laughs> um and there's so lots of character to deal with as well you know who needs you know credits yeah. for you know services or something you know <laughs> yeah yeah so there's always that um and then you've got the it's Attack of the Clones yeah. for me. Attack of the Clones chase. Yeah. 
up. That's, I mean, you've got very a lot of similarities between, I mean, we get Fennec, so that's what we get, don't we? We get Fennec in this episode. We get, uh, as we are lifelong Ming-Na Wen fans, as we mentioned, more than we possibly should. But yep. <laughs> uh, we eventually get, and it's it's great to, because, you know, and obviously I understand the reasons being, but during the Clone Wars animations, the people, characters that were involved in that, the actors that originally played them in the prequels were kind of off doing their own thing. And there wasn't that connection um, in the way I feel that Lucasfilm and Star Wars, Star Wars was run then as to how it's run now. So you didn't have Hayden Christensen voicing Anakin. You didn't have Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. I think you had a couple of people who might have come in for minor roles and then I kind of think I'm not sure if Ian McDermott voiced Palpatine through I, I don't feel he did I feel he has done sometimes but I don't feel he voiced him throughout the whole entire thing but anyway what we're what I'm the long story version of is the fact that Migna Wayne gets to play Fennec in The Mandalorian and gets to play Fennec in The Bad Batch which I thought was a pretty cool thing but yes, you very much get the whole hired assassin um, attack of the clones vibe coming in here. Is that is that one of the ones that you got? I mean, absolutely. Um, it's <laughs> I, yeah, I got attack of the clones from the chase scene, um, episode one from just kind of landing on a, a you know a sort of Tatooine esque planet and needing parts for a ship and. And then kind of bartering with the local the local people for them. Um, yeah, uh, there was a, another, the Mandalorian, of course, as well, with the, the kind of landing bay and having to deal with, you know, certain characters. Um, yeah, I felt that there was a lot of beats from kind of previous things. And, you know, I, it's interesting because I'm, I'm kind of wondering how, because, I mean, you know, we've been seeing this kind of over the Mandalorian and, and you know, there was kind of parts in Clone Wars and from the last season that I watched anyway, and, and now in Bad Batch, where we're getting a lot of these kind of vibes. And I'm wondering how, you know, um, you know, it's it's quite funny how they kind of employ them um, for that familiarity on a planet. But sometimes I feel like almost they rely on similar beats a little bit too much. And I wonder if they do it anyway in the Bad Batch for, because, you know, the kind of, when you're kind of, you know, when you have an audience which is maybe, you know, a younger audience, you need to have those similar beats in order not to kind of alienate them and or create something too different uh, to what they might enjoy. So it's kind of understandable from that perspective. But sometimes it does feel a little bit, um, you know, it's that kind of Star Wars planet, and you, it, and with it, sometimes the story can be a, a little bit predictable in terms of, you know, being sold out by this person or, you know, running into a bounty hunter there or or, or whatnot. But but you know, I, I really like the fact that Fennec Shand makes another appearance in this, um, and Ming Na Wen is again voicing it. Uh, you know, the glorious Ming Na Wen. Um, I, you know, I feel like we should, you know, rename this podcast to something to do with her because we just pay tribute to her so much. You know, Wen <laughs> um, <the> order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe we'll just cover everything she's in from now on. I mean, you know, we, we need to do a dedicated series to her, I think. I mean, we've almost covered most of the, the big hits that she's been in recently, anyway. Um, we have, actually, to be fair. 
Yeah, but like uh, you know, but I'm I'm really happy to see her character. I, I, I mean, Fennec Shand is such a cool character anyway, and um, having seen her kind of you know in the Mandalorian, was she in the Clone Wars as well? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. So the fact that she's kind of in Mando, um, and now in this, and we you know this will give us more of a backstory to her. I mean, you know, in terms of timelines, she must be what twenty twenty five years younger than in the Mandalorian. Um, twenty well, years. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe thirty almost. Isn't there? Isn't there? Because this is the end of. So this is like after Revenge of the Sith, and then when we catch up with her with Mandalorian, it's five years after Return of the Jedi. I want to say. Wow. Wow. Um, that's quite a jump, isn't it? So I mean, she she ages well. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna say that well. much. <laughs> she looks. Exactly the same as she did. Uh, I mean, so that makes sense. She does look exactly the same as she did like 25 years ago. So, in that sense, then it makes perfect sense, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's quite interesting to see her, you know, to see her backstory now that we'll actually get, you know, some, some more context to her character, um, kind of from Mandalorian and see some of her much earlier adventures. Um, and also, I mean, the fact that she's been a bounty. Bounty hunter the whole the bounty hunter the whole time is quite impressive, you know. You know, for one that she's not dead or captured, and uh, two that she's still you know able to do the job really, you know. Um, so it, it's yeah, it's I mean it's kind of great to see. I, you know, as we've been saying, there just seems to be so much crossover for these Star Wars series, like animation, the live action series, the films. That you know, having a character like Fennec Shand, uh, it may. It, you know, with these, it, I mean, the bounty hunters of the Star Wars universe are such great characters to like combine it all together because they, they you know, they're they're so morally, you know, ambivalent. Like, you know, they they team up with bad guys, they team up with good guys. You know, depending where they're at or who's paying, um, that they're able to like bring these themes together, uh, which is what I, I find quite cool. Um, and just you know, and also you know, as I said, like in the Mandalorian, she's a great character. So to see this backstory of her um, and you know, and, and where it'll go and, and kind of combine with the Bad Batch as well is, you know, I think it's a good, interesting theme to kind of bring in. Um, if, you know, whilst it's familiar, it's also just, uh, yeah, I, I mean, is it is it part of a overall kind of Star Wars plan to like sort of marvel the whole thing together, you know? I kind of, I mean, I feel probably more so these days than it ever has done before. Mm. Um and it's always, you know, they're never really trying to stray. Obviously, we will do, I think, at some point due to the series that announced and things that are coming up. But they're never trying to stray too far from what I would say is the core saga, the Skywalker saga. They're not they're never really pushing too far away from it, are they? Mm. With, you know, what we've got coming up. I mean, we've got the Obi-Wan series coming up. You've got another series of The Mandalorian. You've got the Boba Fett series we've got um andor the andor series which is obviously linked with rogue one which obviously fits into the skywalker saga as well and i know there's some there's a a couple of others but a lot of it is like very much safe ground to a certain extent it's on the fringes isn't it at the moment they're not really there's nothing major on the horizon which because even you've got I think one which is focused on 
um, the the fighter pilots, but it's very much it's all sitting in the same era and same time frame, that kind of 50, 60 year time frame or so that the Skywalker saga takes place over. So as well as and you, you point it out kind of perfectly, I feel that sometimes they rely on these and it's nice, it's a nostalgic feel, but they rely on these like jump backs to or things that happen that have very similar themes to stuff that's gone before. So we're not at this point yet where they're going pu- pushing too far uh, to the limits or, or going in a complete different time frame or time period, are they? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, I feel there is kind of, you know, a lot of, um, you're right, it is bringing, I suppose, more detail and, you know, decoration to the Star Wa- uh, to the Skywalker saga um, overall, and just you know, I mean, as we've said on previous kind of you know on previous episodes, that it's it's you know there's all these great gaps of time to play with between the films that like now they with the budget and the kind of production powerhouse that is Disney uh, behind it, um, that they're really going to fill it out, and and you know, so we'll get you know many more of these crossovers and just you know context for characters and. And planets and stuff. I mean, even the planet, you know, Pantora, which, by the way, sounds like Pantera. You know, um, <laughs> I mean, when I first saw it, I was literally like Pantera. Oh, it's Pantora. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, also, also, also an epic name. Um, but yeah, I'm. You know, I mean, I, I was kind of reading earlier that I think it'd been, it's been featured in the Clone Wars before. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't think we've kind of come across it in any live action series. So. Again, you know, interesting to see whether they'd kind of bring even, you know, a location back into it. So because it's very similar to Tatooine. So you get those kind of Tatooine vibes without necessarily being on Tatooine, you know. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd, be, I'd be curious to see how that plays in as well and whether it will. Um, I mean, do you remember it being in Clone Wars at all? Uh, not off the top of my head, no, but it's got a lot of similar characteristics that you see throughout. A lot, really, at the moment. So it's very, it's it's very common. I, I feel it. Um, I mean, if you think about it, it looks to a certain extent a bit like you watched the last season of the Clone Wars. But I'm pretty sure there's a place in the last season which looks similar to this, as to where Ahsoka goes. Mm. Um, I want to say that was the last season. I think where she goes and finds she helps people out, doesn't she? And feels like becomes an engineer or something. I don't know what season I'm (laughs) probably mixing up something completely incorrect, but I feel that's what happens in the last season of the Globe Wars. He's built all over the place, but no, I don't. I don't. It doesn't ring a bell. But then again, there's so much to the Clone Wars that it's like. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't blame you for it. I mean, there really is so much like information and, and various planets to put in that it's uh, hard to follow. But it's, um, yeah, no, you know, it's a, it's. I mean, it's an interesting. I mean, in terms of the Bad Batch as well, with this episode, we don't really get too much development um, for their characters as well. I mean, you know, Omega's kind of, you know, growing closer as part of the crew, and they're kind of sticking their necks out for her, which is, you know, is an interesting development. Uh, but there's nothing kind of on the crosshair front in terms of, you know, and empire dealings. This I, I, this feels kind of a little bit separate from it, which is, you know, again, interesting to see how the, the greatest Star Wars universe is interacting with, you know, um, bounties and people on the run, as always. So it's, um, 
Yeah, it's interesting. And I, I mean, the kind of underworld bit reminds me of, um, you know, in episode two, when it's, is it Coruscant that they're on? Um, and again, you know, with Anakin and Obi-Wan kind of doing their, their back, <laughs> backstreet dealings as well. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's so many kind of throwbacks in this episode as well. I think that was, for these kind of, you know, middle episodes of the season, they're, they're I feel that it's a kind of good time for the, for them to to do that sort of context building rather than the, like the massive story points that you know you get like at the beginning and end of series. So um, yeah, it's uh, curious to see where you know as we've been saying you know wh- where this kind of will go and wh- how the Bad Batch will will continue to you know I suppose make their place and by the end of it whether they'll survive and play back into the whole Star Wars kind of you know Skywalker saga. Um, either during, you know, the kind of episodes four, five, and six, or, you know, later on, seven, eight, and nine. Uh, and, yeah, what timelines they'll play into, really. Well, I mean, here's like, so here's a kind of rundown of everything they got coming up. And it's what one of the interesting things is, I thought this was a series, but it's actually a film. And that's Patty Jenkins, um, who's the director of Wonder Woman. I thought her announcement was going to be a series, but that's actually a movie which is set for a 2023 release. And I feel that's about the pilots, um, the Republican pilots. So you've got that. You've got the Taika Waititi film as well, feature film, which is like it's in development and it's ongoing. Um, So I don't know if we have a release date for that as well. We obviously have season three of The Mandalorian, which I think is where which is going to be a very interesting one because it's like you've now taken one of the key factors, i.e. Grogo, out of Mm. the main storyline. So, one, it's going to be interesting to how they deal with that. Two, whether Grogo's still going to feature, but if Grogo is going to feature, is it going to be with Luke? Or Mm. is Luke going to hand him off to... But then again... No, because Luke's the only person who kind of sets up his own temple and starts training Jedi's from there. Yeah. So that's going to be a very interesting way to. That's that's a hard hurdle to get over. I'm sure they've got it mapped out, but from the outside where you don't know anything, it it seems like a very hard hurdle to overcome at this point. Then you've got the Cassian Andor series, which is obviously focusing on the one of the lead characters from the Rogue One film, mm. but obviously before the events of that. Because, spoiler, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> um, he gets to see a lovely sunset at the end, though, so that's all good. <laughs> um, then we've got the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which is obviously that... I feel that started filming now. Um, so that's in production. That's obviously quite um, an interesting one because we're bringing back Hayden Christensen, to play uh, Darth Vader or Anakin in flashbacks, who knows? Mm. And then you've got Joel Edgerton reprising his like minor, minor role from the prequels, uh, and I think it's Bonnie, Bonnie Piesi, who I don't know if that's the same person. I think that's the person who played Joel Edgerton, uh, Aunt Peru, but uh, obviously younger version. Mm. Um, then we've got Ahsoka. Series said so that's just going to be badass. I think that I'm, yeah. I'm kind of, that is where I'm leaning to. Is I'm just really looking forward to that because it's just going to be just a soaker kicking ass. I hope. Um. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, all the series sound like they're going to be like kicking ass, like very action packed series, you know, because all the characters are 
they're plucking out like you know from you know Andor to Ahsoka to Obi Wan and you know it's it's yeah it's like the kind of action kind of heroes and and I wonder you know how much of uh, kind of an impact Mandalorian has had on those you know kind of deciding factors like because Mandalorian's just been such a successful sort of Western you know action series really um, yeah. on a non kind of you know main character uh, really you know quite a new character to the Star Wars universe there. Now you know I I I feel that that's given them the 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 confidence to you know kind of go go steaming ahead with all these other like you know action packed series really and you know to be honest as Star Wars fans God I can't wait to be honest like there's so much great action in Star Wars um, I just think that like hopefully they won't um, retread too many similar themes or kind of story points like you know because it's always fun to reference certain things but like ultimately you know like we've seen in mandalorian you know when they really kind of take on a, a a beat of their own like that's when you get some real magic as well um you know in terms of just the whole star wars saga and, and universe so yeah you know he's hoping that all of it all of it kicks ass as much as the characters do you know <laughs> yeah uh very much so and we um there's like a couple more as well you've got rangers of the new republic which is spin-off mm. Of the of the Mandalorian, so that's set in the same timeline as the Mandalorian. Um, no concrete details though have been revealed as of yet, but we're like everyone's guessing it's going to kind of revolve around the sector rangers that we see in play. Uh, the couple, we funnily enough, one of them is played by Dave Filoni in the in the Mandalorian, but mm. it's like they're kind of like an intergalactic police force um, that. Uh, was established by the Galactic Republic. So that's where that one's going to feature. And one which I don't feel gets a lot of kind of press or interest or talk at the moment, but sounds really interesting, is The Acolyte. So there's a series called The Acolyte, and it's going to be run by uh, Leslie Headland, who is the creator and showrunner um, of Russian Doll and sleeping with other people um, and has so writing, directing and show running this new series. And the only thing we know about it is the fact that it's set apart from the current Star Wars timeline than all the other projects. And it's kind of been described as like a mystery thriller, which will have a female lead and it's set in the final days of the high Republic era. Um, so oh. that, is going to be quite interesting. It says the story is supposed to take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets emerging from dark side powers. Oh. So, like, do that would get your interest. Yeah. That final teaser line there. Uh, but that, sure. that seems like, I feel, that premise, because it hasn't been done too much, will actually, might well end up being, like, the most hyped successful series out of the new shows mm. yeah it sounds sounds bloody interesting to be honest yeah um especially you know i i think you know um creating a series or you know kind of set of films around the less savvy characters in the star wars universe like we've seen with the mandalorian but the mandalorian is kind of again like morally sort of ambivalent ambivalent and then clearly morally good with protecting grogu and stuff but yeah i'm curious i want to see more dark side 
you know, happenings. Um, just because it's it's yeah, it is kind of a mysterious side of the of the Star Wars universe or galaxy that we we haven't come across as much. And also, you know, I, I think with the direction they took, you know, episode seven, eight, and nine, and you know, revealing that there's a Sith planet, and you know, that the, the Emperor Palpatine has kind of been pulled up there and stuff like. I mean, there's a lot of justification to kind of be had there uh, in in terms of you know context building and and i suppose character creating for it as well and just to kind of really make help it make sense for like other viewers as well because i just feel that it's like a massive area to explore for them that you know we kind of haven't touched upon too much in like kind of larger star or well in these series anyway yeah um but there's you know plenty of scope to um so that would make sense if they were able to do that and kind of tie it in with the whole you know the, the with the sith planet um I can't remember what it's called now in, in episode nine. Um, uh, ex, okay, Exegol. Ex, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah. Let's yeah, let's hope they you know they can you know add context to it really. And there's one more series, and I left this to the end just because it's obviously a lot of traction comes from Monday um, as a, a it's solo day pretty much on Monday, and people trying to get the whole make solo two happen because the other series is lando um which we don't know if that's donald glover or um billy d so like it seems like you should know more about this series but if you don't know who's playing it i feel what would make most sense is if you had like billy d williams like doing the um, Carizian Chronicles, almost like talking about something that happened. And then you can see the flashback with um, the younger Lando. With Donald Glover. Yeah. Then yeah. you can have Donald Glover kind of work because you don't want to put Billy Dee through too many things at the moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, so you don't really want him running around the galaxy. Um. I think that would work really well. And also they're actually, you know, I mean, Obviously, Donald Glover's, you know, in Solo, and and, and Billy D comes back in in you know the pre in the episodes like what what eight and nine is it um, or just nine? So like you know they're both still very much yeah, like it's nine, yeah. So they're both like still very much um, involved in the Star Wars universe. So it would make sense if they were to like come back and you know. And also, they're both like both versions of Lando are so widely loved that it would make sense to have them both kind of involved in that series um, and contributing yeah, to it we, somehow. I'll ask where you sit with it because I don't know if we've ever done it. We haven't done a solo episode actually before, but I'd probably make my thoughts known. For me, personally, out of all the new films that have been created since Disney took over, Disney Star Wars, um, the feature film-wise, Solo was my favourite film. Um, I think I got, for me personally, I feel it got a lot of bad press because it came shortly after The Last Jedi, which caused a lot of ruckus, um, so to speak, uh, in the community that is the Star Wars community. And because it came five months after that, it didn't, people went into it wanting to hate it almost, I feel. Whereas if it came a year later, um, then I think it would have sat better with a lot more people but saying that there's so much support for it and it's got a good solid rating on imdb as well 
Um, but for me personally, that's my most, uh, that's the film I most enjoy and the film I've watched the most amount of times. But where, where mm. it with Solo? I mean, in terms of the new films, uh, I mean, I, I would say my favourite is probably Rogue One, closely followed by Solo. Um, I'm surprised that, you know, certain parts of backlash that Solo got um, from, like, reviewers and from kind of friends of mine that I spoke to um, who are Star Wars fans generally. Um, that, that You know, I remember watching Solo in the cinema and coming out and feeling really giddy afterwards um, in a way that I just really enjoyed it. I thought the characters were fun. I thought, you know, all the actors playing the characters did a great job. I thought we got to see some really cool things about, you know, Solo's past from, you know, the um, from him meeting Lando to, you know, doing the, the Kessel run. Um, there's, you know, it's a really fun movie. It was, uh, yeah, I was surprised. And I, I felt that it was, it was kind of, yeah. I, and again, also made by, you know, Ron Howard, who's, you know, I think he's just a great filmmaker really um, for so many films that he's done that. Yeah. I felt it was, after the last Jedi and like the things that they presented there, um, it was unfair for Solo to kind of get that run after it was. It was there was too much too soon because the last Jedi was in the was you know on the Christmas before Solo was released, and Solo was released in the summer. I think in between you know, episodes eight and nine, is that correct, or did episode nine come out the following year? Um, episode nine came out the following year. Right. So. so- I think Solo came out and then episode nine came out a year and a half after that. Right, right. Yeah, and, and that's, yeah, I think at that point, you know, it was too too soon, really, for it. Um, and I think there were some issues with the production of Solo as well, that, you know, the, the kind of, they had uh, one director before, Ron Howard, who kind of started making it and then it kind of fell apart and then they got Ron Howard in to kind of fix it. And, so I think even the studio wasn't sure on how Solo would do uh, because it had kind of gone through a few different versions of it. But yeah, I, I really liked it. You know, I, you know, I, I'm, and it has that sort of rewatchability as well. Where you know, there's nothing really. As I said, like I, I thought the actors kind of played the characters very well. Um, there was like no, you know, Jar Jar Binks sort of, you know, really. I mean, when saying that, actually, some of my friends really did not like the robot. Um, who was played by, you know, um, Fleabag uh, actress, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um, yeah. I actually liked her, though. I thought, I thought she was quite a funny, sarky character and, like, a kind of fun play on the whole, you know, uh, you know PC person that you get these days. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, that was kind of like a, a somewhat of de- divisive character from, like, people that I spoke to. But, yeah, generally, you know... Otherwise, I, you know, I just thought it was a fun film, really fun, kind of adventurous. You know, again, like using, you know, characters that we love in, in like a way that we, you know, love them. And, you know, going on an adventure that is fun and, you know, explores parts of the universe that we've heard about but never seen. And I thought they kind of did it great justice in, in lots of ways. So, yeah, I'm hoping for a solo too. Uh, or, and if it comes as a series, you know, I, I think that would be great too. Um, because as we've discussed, like, you know, on previous episodes, they've done the series so well that it, it, I don't think it would take anything away from the experience, really. Uh, and actually, they could give it more detail and more adventures and better characters and everything, really. So, 
yeah, whether it comes as a film or, or, or a series, like bring on Solo 2, you know? Yeah, definitely make Solo 2 happen, 100%. Um, I massively enjoyed it. I absolutely loved it. It was very much just like a great culmination of almost like Indiana Jones meets Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's extremely enjoyable. It's extremely well done. It's fun. I enjoyed the cast. Also, and you have like the awesome reveal of um, Darth Maul as well at the yeah. end. Yeah. So, like, there's so many elements to it. It's, and, just, and it's just a great fun ride without it having to kind of put in really, you know, big story beats on what's happening with the Skywalkers. It just does its own thing. It's yeah. like a, a fun heist movie um, that's just extremely enjoyable, which is why I think I find it so easy to watch multiple times. Absolutely, and seeing, you know, having seen Clone Wars and how much, like, Darth Maul plays into that, like, you know, he's a major character in, in you know, we, if you only watch the films, he is a one-film character. But having seen, like, kind of the last series of the Clone Wars and how much he features in that, and, you know, having seen in some of the games and some of the, you know, kind of extra stuff that, like, Darth Maul is, like, a major kind of background character in the Star Wars universe. Um not attached to the Skywalker or even Sith later on. Well, kind of, but you know what I mean. He's becomes a gang lord. Um, that's like, he's, he's really cool. Like, everyone loved him in episode one. So to see him kind of get more screen time and more, you know, relevance and actually just even more lines, for Christ's sake. I mean, you know, in episode one, he, he barely said anything. <laughs> so, you know, he was this kind of character of real intrigue, mystery, and great skill. I mean, he took on, you know, Koi Gon Jin and Obi Wan together. So, I mean, he's got serious balls to do that. So, yeah, to see him kind of... And now that you know, he doesn't have any more balls, <laughs> it's like, you know, he's kind of still like a major feature, um, you know, in the Star Wars universe. And and that's great, you know. It, it, why not? You know, it's perfectly justifiable. And, um, you know, I mean, if they can bring the Emperor back, you know, Darth Maul is like, you know, the least of their issues in terms of bringing him back um, with the technology yeah. they have. So, yeah, you know, bring him back, make give him more give them more relevance and yeah, let, you know, let's go on more adventures really. So that's, that's what we, uh, that's what we end up with guys is we, we talk about the bad batch, but really our whole entire motive is just to bring Darth Maul back and um, make a second solo film. <laughs> Basically that, that, that's why we set up this podcast. It's just all for the culmination of it's all for that. And being nowhere. <laughs> I was just about to say, yeah, exactly. It's just solo two, maybe call it duo. Cause you know, uh, sorry um, <laughs> and uh yeah and ming Wen rocks you know all the time so yeah that that's 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 where we're at all the time Hi guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and may the force be with you. Uh